Hey everybody, this is Ian Reed Twiss, the pastor at Holy Cross Episcopal Church in Novi, Michigan. Welcome to the podcast. Today's sermon was preached on June 23rd, and the passage was Luke chapter 8, verses 26 to 39. So as usual, we'll read that first, and then the podcast will continue on to the sermon. Hope you enjoy it. Then they had arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you do with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commended the unclean spirit to come out of the man for many times it had seized him he was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds jesus then asked him what is your name he said legion for many demons had entered him they begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss Now there on the hillside, a large herd of swine was feeding. The demons begged Jesus to let them enter these, so he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swine herd saw what had happened, they ran off and told it to the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. Okay. I must confess that I don't really have a sermon today. And now I'm gonna commit the additional homiletical no-no of explaining why. Don't fall asleep on me. There was a time, you know, when the direction to take with today's texts would have been obvious to me. They're about inclusion. They're about restoring the scapegoated into community. They're about creating justice. That might have started with the man who lived among the tombs, a man possessed by the demons of some mental illness, naked, raving among the stony caves beyond the town walls. Someone for the others to pity and look down on. Someone perhaps that the townspeople needed to pity and look down on because it gave them someone to be better than. 
Jesus heals the man and restores him to the community who seem to resist that healing, perhaps because of their attachment to the order of things as they are. But he does it nonetheless. He restores the man to community, I would have said. And we are called to do the same with the outsider and the scapegoat, no matter what the pushback. And then I might have pivoted to Paul's letter to the Galatian church, to one of my favorite verses that occurs today, 328. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There's no longer slave or free. There's no longer male and female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. Paul here was calling on his church to overcome the divisions in social status that the parishioners brought in from the culture around them. We might translate those ideas to our own time and place and do justice to what Paul is saying by saying that in Christ there is no longer male or female or trans, no longer straight or gay, no longer liberal or conservative, wealthy or low income, rural or urban, black or white or brown, no longer immigrant or citizen. And I might have picked that last dichotomy, immigrant or citizen, and shared with you that a year, a full year, after the public outcry about immigrant family separation at our borders and a court injunction to stop it, there are multiple news reports that it is still quietly proceeding, seemingly on the theory that our capacity for public outrage will wear out, which in fact it may do. Authorities are still ripping babies as young as four months old from their parents, still tossing children into foster care with no system for keeping track of where they've gone, still warehousing them in unspeakable conditions for days on end. A recent eyewitness in a detention facility in Clint, Texas reported children as many as 300 to a cell without diapers peeing on the floor. Children left to care for other children with little or no adult supervision. Children who are dirty and undernourished and medically neglected and sleeping on cement ground and crying for their parents. Children. Jesus would have healed and restored them to their families as he does with the man who has demons today, I might have said. Paul would have called us to be one with Christ and them. No matter who we are or who we voted for, we owe it to our God to object to this treatment with every means at our disposal. And there was a time, you know, when I might have gone home from preaching such a sermon feeling great. You know, like I really nailed it. I spoke the truth as I saw it. 
But here's the problem that I'm having now. Today is the 12-year anniversary of my ordination, and I really doubt what saying these things accomplishes. Those of you who disagree with me would dismiss my words or find some way to justify or minimize what I'm describing. You might even get hurt or offended, and I don't want that. Those of you who agree might join me in getting all fired up with righteous indignation, and it would feel great, you know, being angry together. And then we drive back into all the distractions of our lives. And next week, the sermon would address some other issue du jour. And I don't know which of those is worse. Who cares, really, if no hearts are transformed, no action sparked, no difference made, not even in myself? I'm the one standing up here preaching on this stuff. Lately, the kind of sermon that I used to think of as a prophetic cry in the wilderness is looking more and more like an exercise in emotional self-indulgence, a performance, an insincere tale to borrow from Shakespeare told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing. And I don't know what the answer to this is. I really don't. The world is so large, so deeply screwed up, so impervious to our small, uncertain, and often discouraged voices. Lined up against this massive system of intentionally malicious incompetence, this program of utter disregard for the basic needs of human children, this project so bent on excluding desperate people at absolutely any cost. Does anything we say or do matter at all? And you know, at the same time, I think about when the Muslim immigrant travel ban went into effect back in 2017. You know, I went to the airport with my clergy collar on and a sign pointing out that Jesus had been a refugee in Egypt fleeing from Herod's murderous state in Matthew 2. And I can't tell you how many young Muslim men and women looked shocked that I was there and thanked me and wanted to take selfies with me. You know, I felt like some kind of celebrity. They were so surprised and so heartened that I had bothered to raise my little voice with theirs that one day to register my protest to what this immense faceless system was perpetrating in my name. I mean, this could just be further self-congratulation and good feeling, this story. I don't know. But here's what I do know. We, we worship a Lord who stood against such a system. 
stood with his hands and arms wide open, enough to embrace everybody, stretched on the wood of the cross so that all might come within his saving embrace, as the Book of Common Prayer puts it. And we say he refused to stay dead. And we assert that the embrace goes on to this day in any way that we can open our arms to is a way of participating in his healing love of male and female and trans, of straight and gay, of liberal and conservative, wealthy and low income, urban and rural, black and white and brown, and yes, of immigrant and citizen. For we are all one in Christ Jesus. Amen. Okay, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. And um, if you want to learn more about me or the church, you can find information on our website at Holy Cross Novi. That's N O V I dot org. And uh, we plan to continue publishing these sermons, so you can find more of those wherever you found this one. All right, take care.